locally, with family and friends, House of Destiny International Ministries presents Senior Pastor Dr. Larry Manley with today's message of a spiritually vibrant connection with God. We hope that you enjoy the viewing. Dr. Larry Manley, Senior Pastor here at House of Destiny International Ministries, located in beautiful Boiling Springs at 302 Costner Road. We hope today's message will be a revelation to your soul to draw you closer to the Kingdom of God. We've been given a promise to enter into His rest, and we don't want to allow ourselves to fall short of that, people. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Them are those that who heard the word, but they didn't do nothing with it. Watch this. But the word preached did not profit them. It didn't say it didn't profit us. That's if you with us. Now, now just because you're in here don't mean that you're with us. Now, now let me clarify this. Because this, that's right, Pastor. This word says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. So we're all under this same cloud. We're all under this same baptism. We're all under it. But here's the difference. Here's where you have to find out within yourself and ask yourself, where am I, Lord, with you? But the word preached did not profit, didn't say it didn't profit us, it said it didn't profit them. Why? Because not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So if the word of God that is preached, if we don't mix it with faith, then we fall out of us and we fall into the category of them. Because falling in the category of them is hearing the word, but not mixing it with faith. And when you don't mix it with faith, guess what? There's no development in your life. It's got to be mixed with faith. Faith without works is dead. God is not so much interested in how much we talk about him. He's more interested in on what we are allowing him to do inside of us first. Amen. See, that's another trick of the enemy. The enemy has us doing a whole lot of outward things, and we call it outreach, but we don't do enough inreach. We need to get this together first, you see. See, we're neglecting to deal with this in here, and we're doing all this other stuff. And we're wondering why Things aren't working for us. You do not, hear me church, you do not put the cart before the horse and expect it to go forward. It will not work. Your first ministry 
is your private ministry, your home ministry. The Bible says, whosoever don't take care of his own household is worse than an infidel. So you've got to take care. That is your first ministry, people. Not out here. Your first ministry, many preachers, many people have broken up in their marriages and in their homes because of they forgot the fact of where their first ministry was. Your first ministry is your family. The first church was man and wife, husband and wife. That's the first church. You cannot neglect. The Bible says if you neglect your own household, you're worse than an infidel. And too many times we, as ministers of the gospel, as people of God, what we've done is we've taken and we've tried to do everything else for everybody else while our own homes were suffering. And that's not the way God intended for it to be. First Peter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us unto a lively hope. We're talking about our future hope, our hope, our expectation. You see, God has brought our hope alive and it became alive by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what did it right there. That's why our hope is a living hope. Our hope is not a hope that has no decree to it. It says here, to an inheritance. See, we have been resurrected to a lively hope, to an inheritance, verse 4 says, that is incorruptible, that is undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So there is an incorruptible inheritance. That is in heaven, and it is reserved for you individually. Now let's look at this. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 9.25 about this incorruptible inheritance. How many of y'all know that there are five crowns that the believer can receive. Y'all know anything about the crowns that you are to receive? There are five of them. Anybody know? The first crown, one of the crowns is this crown of incorruptibility. This crown is found in 1 Corinthians 9.25. See, we need to know what it is that God has in store for us. 9.25. Are we there? Look what the word says. I'm going to read verse 24 too. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, mean they run all the race, but one, only one, receive the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Quit running to fail. Oh, y'all don't hear me. 
I said, quit running to fail. See, some of, some of us in the race, but we running to fail because we don't believe we can win it. See, the thing about this race that we're running in is that it don't make no difference. Some of the first go last, some of the last come first. You understand what I'm saying? As long as you cross the finish line, he that endure to the end shall be saved. See, that's the good thing about this race that we're in. It says, so run that ye may obtain, and verse 25, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. That means he's got a balance in his life. See, you got to have a balance in your life, church. You can't be this way, that way, in and out, that way, sideways. You know, you just can't, you got to have balance. That's called mastery. Now they do obtain it or do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we, we do it to obtain an incorruptible crown. You see that there, incorruptible? Our crown is not corruptible. See, the race we're running is the one that's designed to give us an incorruptible crown. So that's one of the crowns that we receive, incorruptible. That means that it can't be tainted. It can't be corrupted. See, once you receive, you, you, you know, it's the real thing. It can weather whatever. It's the real thing. Have you got the real thing this morning? Have you got what it takes to get the crown of incorruptibility? Because you see, God is going to challenge all of us to see whether or not you got it. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to challenge you. It's one thing to say we got it, but it's another thing to run this race and get it. Another crown that he talks about is found in 1 Thessalonians 2.19. Y'all can write it down. It's called the crown of rejoicing. That's another crown. 1 Thessalonians 2.19. I'm just going to run through these because i got some work to do. The next crown is the crown of righteousness, which is found in 2 Timothy 4.8. And then we've got what we call a crown of life, which is found in James 1.12, but it's also found in the book of Revelation, the crown of life. But then I want to talk to the leaders here because only... Those are the fivefold ministry. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers can get this last crown. It's called the crown of glory. Go with me to 1 Peter 5 4. 1 Peter 5 4. I need the leaders to see this, those that are in the ministry. 1 Peter. Five, four. I'm going to start in verse 2. Say amen when you get there. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. It says in verse 2, Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not by filthy lucree, that's greedy for money, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples 
to the flock. And I hope the parents don't get mad when I try to discipline their children. But maybe your children might need to be disciplined. Maybe, maybe I'm having to do what you ain't doing. I'm just saying now. I'm just saying. Maybe you need a little help with disciplining. Maybe you don't let them run them up too long. So everywhere they go, they think they can run them up. No, they can't. This is the house of the Lord. There's the order here. You understand what I'm saying? And people don't like that. They don't like order. They like chaos. You can't tell my kid what to do, but when that man put them handcuffs on him, you don't say nothing. Oh, you hate the one trying to keep him from that, but the one who put them cuffs on him, you don't say nothing. Something strange about us. We got a strange way of doing business, don't we? You can't say nothing to my child. Okay, but that police down there bust his head, and, 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 and you don't say nothing. You whimper down. Oh, I'm in the house. I'm in the house. I'm in the house now. Yeah. It says, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief, we're talking about the crown of glory, which is for the fivefold ministry. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Not away. See, he's talking to the leaders, the people that feeding his flock. So we got to make sure that we're on cue with this thing at all times because we got a crown of glory to receive. Now let's get back to the main text, 1 Peter. I'm going to reiterate verse 4, 1 Peter 1, verse 4, and then we're going to proceed. To an inheritance incorruptible, we know that we've got that incorruptible crown which is in 1 Corinthians 9.25. And it's undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. See, that is another thing we got to learn how to do. We got to learn how to come up in here, start raving crazy and rejoicing for the Lord. And we'll trouble on every side yet not distressed. We are per perplexed, but not despaired. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. That's the word I was looking for. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. So the Bible tells us wherein we are to greatly rejoice, though now for a season we may be persecuted. Right now for a season we may have to go through some hard times. Right now, for a season, we might be cast down, you know, right now. But it's say, I need you to greatly rejoice anyway, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, be, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Well, talking about this trial of your faith. Romans, the book of Romans 1 through 5, or the fifth chapter, 1 through 5. The book of Romans, the fifth chapter, 1 through 5, it says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
by whom also we have access by faith. See, the only way we have access to this thing is by faith. Into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We talk about our future hope. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that is given unto us. What I'm trying to tell you, church, is that we can't get around the discomforts that life going to bring us sometime. Because, you see, all of that is to the working out of our faith, the trying of our faith, so that we might get hope and patience and experience and all that stuff that we need in order to run this race accordingly and enter in and be a winner. Because I'm not in this to be a loser. Amen. I didn't start this race to lose it. And I didn't, lead, I didn't start to lead y'all or accept the call on my life to lead y'all to make y'all losers either. Amen. And I know a lot of y'all sometimes don't understand why I say what I say to you, but it's because I'm point blank truthful. And that's what this world needs. That's what you need. Because you done lied to yourself so long and you done allowed other people to lie to you so long until when somebody come to try to tell you the truth, to try to help you, you don't want to hear it. You got a problem with the truth. You can't handle the truth. But you're talking about you want to know the truth. So because you can't handle the truth, a lot of preachers stop preaching the truth to you uh -huh. and start preaching what you wanted to hear to your demise and to your damnation, but also to theirs, also to theirs. You see, God never called a fivefold ministry to be popular with you. He called us to lead you. My job ain't for you to like me. Amen. My job is to give you the truth, and what you do with it is up to you. It makes no difference to me whether you like me or not. Just keep coming back. <laughs> Just keep coming back. Don't try to be my friend. If that so happens, that's cool, but don't, don't, don't waste your time trying to be my friend because it ain't going to be long before I persecute you with the truth, and then you're going to be mad at me. So you might well just stay mad at me from the get, and then you won't expect no friendship out of me. All you'll expect from me is pastoring, okay? That keeps it professional, okay? That keeps, because that keeps, see, there's a professional line between me and you, and, and, and we don't cross lines. We, we don't cross lines. Mm -mm. We don't do that. The minute I cross lines, that's the minute that I screw up with you. You know why? Because you'll see me in my nakedness and then you'll kill me. I wrote a book about my testimony. They used that against me, Pastor. And that, and, 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 but, but what they didn't know is that it's all around the world. I've been on TV all over the world. They done seen it everywhere. So my testimony, I ain't got nothing to hide, people. So you can't kill me. Because you know, all that's done. 
That's my testimony. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Have you got a testimony this morning? Huh? Have you, have you come through anything? Have you come through the storm and the hurricane and the tornadoes and the walls and the hell in your life? Have you come through the broken marriages and all that? Have you come through anything in life, the deaths in your life, and you're still standing? Still standing in this thing. Have you come through the homelessness and the eating out of the trash cans like I have and you're still standing? Oh, I'm giving glory to God this morning. Have, have, have you been through anything this morning? Or you're still waiting on a handout? Or have you decided to give up? And have you decided to be what God would have you to be instead of what life has dealt to you? Life has dealt in this nation a lot to us. And we believed it. And it doesn't want us to know who God is in us. Oh, he don't mind you knowing who God is long as you don't know who God is in you. Big difference. Big difference. Oh, yes, I love the Lord, but do you know him? And do you know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering? Do you know him? Because if you know him, then when you come through that door, you'll be rejoicing. If you know him, I say, if you know him, leaders, we'll be here at 15 after and no later. If you know him, if you know him, that means you know what he's done for you. And he wasn't late getting on the cross when he came to die for you. So if he wasn't late getting on the cross to die for you, then you ought to not be late showing up to do what you need to do for him. Amen? Amen? That's the way I see it. I see it through God's eyes. He wasn't late. Because if he would have been late, guess what? We would not be saved today. Keep trying to tell you that. All we need to do is get back to the Bible. That's all we need to do. So verse 8 tells us here in 1 Peter, Chapter 1, verse 8, In whom having, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet ye believe. Yet rejoicing with unspeakable joy and full of glory. See, it keeps talking about rejoicing. Even though you don't see him, even though you don't feel like it's still talking about rejoicing. I recall up here in verse 6, it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, even though for a season you might be hit with manifold temptations. That means manifold pressures. You say, still rejoice. So, so, so it must be something mighty important to this thing called rejoicing. Verse 9 said, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. See, there's an end. There is a final salvation. There it is right there. Receiving the end of your faith. At the end of your faith is the salvation of your souls. Whosoever endure to unto the end people shall receive their final salvation. Don't you think? That's a lie. I told you before. 
Well, I'm saved. Yeah, but you ain't running the race. So you get right here and you, now you're going that way. But your salvation is over here. There's an end to it. Read the word. I just read it to you. At the end of your faith is what? Salvation. Uh-oh. 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 So if you start in faith and don't end up with it, <laughs> you're going to miss the mark. And you're going to be down there in hell with that old preacher that told you that lie. And you're going to be pointing your finger at him. But let me tell you something. It's not going to be his fault because you are responsible for working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So you can't blame some jack leg preacher because you the one that should have known better than to listen to the foolishness. Even angels want to know, what is this all about? What is this thing called salvation is all about? The angels desire to look into it. Or we serve a great God, y'all. Y'all got to understand, we serve a magnificent God. The Bible says in Psalms 34, where is it, 34 verse 7, where if you delight yourself in the Lord, I will give you the desires of your heart. The angels, they desired themselves in the Lord. They delighted themselves in the Lord. And what did God do? The Bible said that they desired to look into this thing called salvation. The angels Go over there to Revelation, the 14th chapter. They wanted to preach this gospel. They wanted to know about what salvation was all about. The Bible says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. The angels, they desired to look into this thing called salvation. 1 Peter 1, verse 12. But look at Revelation 14, 6. Here comes their desire. The Bible says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desire of your heart. It doesn't make no difference whether you're an angel, whether you're a human being, whether you're a beast. All God wants you to do is delight yourself in him, and he will give you the desire of your heart. All God was just like the birds on a spring morning. They get up at 5 o'clock every morning, chirping, giving praise unto God, giving homage unto God. Don't nobody have to tell them to do it. They know to do it. The word of God tells us. He says, and I saw another angel. Are we there? Say the angel was flying in the midst of heaven. Spirit man. Having the everlasting gospel to do what? Preach. The angels desired to look into this thing called salvation. The angels desired to preach the gospel to mankind so that man might be saved. See, they wanted part in. They wanted in on the action. Do you want in on the action this morning? So the word of God says here, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell not in heaven, but them that dwell on earth, and to every nation, to every kindred, to every tongue, to every people.